0: Welcome to Travel Pray Slate, a podcast for professional women who travel, love God, and are ready to level up their life. On the podcast, we discuss all things travel, faith, career, love, and lifestyle, all focused on helping you take the next steps you need to bring your visions into reality and live the extraordinary life God created for you to live. If you love Jesus, Beyonce, and Catching Fights, Then look no further because you have found your tribe, sis. I'm your host, Toy Nicole, and I can't wait to get into today's episode with you. Hey, y'all. I am back with another episode, and we are officially in summer. Everyone get excited. So we have now officially arrived at the long-awaited summer After a very weird, to say the least, 2020 and a summer last year that was canceled. And so now that over 50% of the population in the United States is vaccinated, including myself, and now that cases of covid have pretty much reached record lows. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone is back outside and ready to start back traveling. Everyone has already started traveling. So as I've talked about on recent podcasts, you know, bookings are up, flight prices are back normal, at times astronomical, and hotel bookings are up. I know I... And booking a trip to Florida and looking at the hotels and the Airbnbs, I'm like, whoa. So need to figure something out there. So as everyone is planning to travel, including you, else you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You probably are already a traveler or or thinking about getting into more travel now that the dark veil of COVID has lifted. So I actually wanted to do a podcast where I share with you all my favorite travel destinations. I'm always getting asked, hey, where should me and my husband go for anniversary weekend? Hey, where should I take my kids? Where should I do a girl's trip? What's your favorite place to travel solo, et cetera? So I've talked about them on various different episodes or like posts, blogs throughout the time, but I figured I would just put it all in one episode where I share with you my favorite travel destinations. So hopefully this will give you some ideas of where to take your summer vacation or even your fall vacation. So I will start not necessarily in any order, but the number one one really is my top one. And that is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. So those of you all have that have been following me for a while Know that I am always in Cabo. So, my first trip to Cabo was in the spring of 2012. Am I getting that right? Y'all, these years are passing by. Yes, it was the spring of 2012. Gosh, can't believe it's been that long. And a friend and I were like, saw it on Groupon. I've been hearing about Cabo. And so, we went and I instantly fell in love. Since that time, I have been back to Cabo, I think five times. One of the things that kept bringing me back to Cabo since that time, which is again, like I said, nine years ago, is that I actually made a decision about a timeshare. So I'm actually going to do a separate podcast all about timeshares and investment properties because I do think they can sometimes get a bad rap. But if you are an avid traveler, and if you have found a particular destination that you like to go back to, overall, for a long term, timeshares are actually a pretty good deal. And I just fell so in love. I fell for the presentation and I bought it, right? So the timeshare has brought me back to Cabo multiple times to stay at that property. I've stayed at other property because I have a very flexible like timeshare agreement where I can utilize it at other places. So it's given me the opportunity to discover different resorts around the Cabo San Lucas area. So it's just one of my favorites, Uh, the hospitality, the people there, and I have traveled to other parts of Mexico, including Puerto Vallada, another popular spot. And they're great too, but I just love the hospitality there. It has a great nightlife scene so, if you stay in Cabo San Lucas proper, if you will, anywhere near the marina, you're walking distance to Cabo Wabo, which is a popular club. All the bars, the nightlife is great there, all the little like taco spots, like cheap food. And that's what I love about it. Now, if you're on the San Jose Cabo side, you're going to be more beachfront. Think kind of just like your resort and the beach. That's it. You're not going to be able to walk to places in town. So if you're going to stay in a place like that, you definitely are going to want to get an all-inclusive option because unless you have a car and are going to drive or unless you are stocking up on groceries and, and alcohol and food and drinks to bring in your hotel room or rental property or timeshare property you won't have any accessibility, right? So I've stayed in both. First couple of times I stayed in Cabo San Lucas proper near the marina. So again, I didn't have to have an all-inclusive resort. My timeshare now has an all-inclusive resort option, but at the time it did not originally. We walked. I mean, there was a place literally right around the corner from the hotel that every day was having happy hour with $3 margaritas, like fish tacos for two bucks going in the town a little bit further and finding nice restaurants for steak dinners. So there were so many options and it's walkable. It's very safe. Cabo their number one, you know, thing that's driving the economy is tourism. So because of that, they make sure that everything is safe. I remember one of the hotel employees telling me that even when it comes to like theft in hotel rooms, which happens everywhere in America, I mean, if an employee gets caught doing something like that, they are pretty much banned from ever working at any hotel in Cabo because they take the experience and the hospitality very seriously. And anything around safety, anything around alcohol poisoning, anything around theft that's going to dissuade people from coming They don't allow it. So therefore, you're going to always get a great, safe experience. So that's my experience on the Cabo San Lucas side, right? Accessibility to nightlife, accessibility to other restaurants. And it's about a 10 to 15 minute walk to the beach. So there are two beaches, Madonna Beach and Lover's Beach. You can walk there. So you're not beachside for your hotel, but you can walk there. And we will walk there and spend like a half day hanging out on the beach rent some chairs, umbrellas, etc. Now on the San Jose Cabo side, like I said, you're going to go with some all-inclusive resort options. It's very beautiful and peaceful. So if all you plan to do is just be on the resort the whole time, you should consider that as an option. So I've done that twice. And on both of those experiences, one of the times we did the all-inclusive resort option And it was great. Like everything was covered, never literally left the resort. And for, you know, four days was fine. Private beach, walked right down. The other time I stayed there with some girlfriends, we didn't do the all-inclusive resort option, you know, mainly because we were like, we'll snack here and there and maybe do just like one main dinner. And so we just felt like we came out good overall. That resort was a beachfront property, but it didn't have a private beach. It had a beautiful infinity pool, but the hotel offered a shuttle. So we would shuttle into Cabo San Lucas. We shuttled into Cabo San Lucas, Madonna Beach area, and we hung out there two or three times. One of my favorite things to do every time I go to Cabo is the sunset sail cruise. So they have a party boat option. And then they have more like a dinner cruise laid back option. But if you go to Cabo, always do a sunset cruise. It is beautiful there. The water is beautiful. The arches, they'll take you by their Amazing opportunities for some great photos. And whether you choose the laid back dinner one, which I think on one of the ones we did that was a laid back dinner one, it was like jazz music. The other one was like our party boat. So think like, Cupid Shuffle, and Turnip. So either way, free food and free booze is always included. So again, I highly recommend Cabo. It's one of my favorite Mexico destinations. It's one of my favorite destinations to go to for beach, sun, and relaxing. So another one of my favorite destinations right here in the good old U.S. of A is New Orleans, Louisiana. So I can't remember the first time I went to New Orleans, you know, being from Texas, Louisiana is right next door. But some of you all know it takes even though Texas is like right next to so many states because Texas is so freaking big because I live in like the north central part of Texas. Like it'll take you like six to eight hours to get out of this state. (laughs) And so, you know, anyway, you could be driving eight hours and still be in Texas, like just now making it to El Paso. So although I grew up here and Louisiana was right next door, I didn't frequent New Orleans that much. So the first time I went was actually like post Katrina. So I think that was like 2007 was my first trip to New Orleans. And again, another city that I fell in love with, another city that I've been to at least four or five times over the last 10 years. And again, my favorite thing about New Orleans, for them, it is the food, right? So all the best Cajun foods you can think of, seafood, right? Anywhere that's by the water is going to give you amazing seafood. So. I have like two dishes that I love to get whenever I go to New Orleans. I always have to get crawfish etouffee and I always have to get a po'boy. Like sometimes I'll do like a catfish po'boy or a shrimp po'boy, but I got to get that, right? And so just so much good food. I've had some of like the best meals that I've ever had in life in New Orleans. Emerald's restaurant is great. So many unique dining options there. I know I've been there like a couple times and, you know, they rotate the menu based on like what's in season there. But so many like classic New Orleans spots, like the Court of Two Sisters and just some classic New Orleans eateries. I mean, you can try everything like fried alligator, so many like unique experiences. I think the first time I ever had oysters, I was in New Orleans. So you got to go to New Orleans for the food. And Bourbon Street is a whole experience. I love Bourbon Street. It definitely gets rowdy. But one of the main reasons that I love Bourbon Street is not necessarily for the bar hopping, although I have gone there for trips that were very much centered around partying and turning up. So we definitely took advantage of being on Bourbon Street. And as long as you're around Bourbon Street, French Quarter area, it's, o- it's open container. Meaning very similar to like the Vegas Strip, you can get a drink in a bar and walk up and down the street in and out. So free for all when it comes with drinking, right? So definitely getting a hand grenade, getting a hurricane is big, but I love the live music on Bourbon Street. And so, I mean, you walk every other, I would say every other like two or three bars up and down Bourbon Street is going to have some live music going it's going to be a patio or a courtyard. And so whether it's jazz, whether it's R&B, whether it's New Orleans bounce music, whether it's brass bands, you are going to be able to have the best live music experience for free, right? I mean, you're literally, you're just walking down the street. You hear the music. So I remember one time I was there, it was, that's exactly what we were doing. We were walking down and I was like, oh, where's that music? And that just led us over there. And we maybe stood there and stayed at that spot for 30 minutes or whatever, just like chilling or ever listening to music. And then you walk down a couple of more slots and there's another place with like dope music. So I love the live music scene in New Orleans and the accessibility of it just being available to you up and down Bourbon Street and just the freedom that you have in the French Quarter to just kind of like really have a great experience the food is great. And I love the culture and the history. There's so much culture and history with New Orleans, the French Creole, just kind of going all the way back to slavery and everything from, I would recommend if you do some of the plantation tours, I still have yet to go to the Whitney Plantation, which is the number one place I want to go. But I have visited some of the other plantations, but I haven't gone to the Whitney Plantation. So that's on my list for my next trip to New Orleans. But I have done a cemetery tour and I would recommend that. It is very cool experience just learning about how they bury people in New Orleans, which is unique with it being on a floodplain, seeing like all of these like beautiful murals and tombstone, like structures, you know, just hearing about the whole way, like funeral processions, second line dance, like there's just so much rich culture that I just enjoy taking in. And every time I'm in New Orleans, I learn something new. So again, that's why it's one of my favorite destinations. You know, think of it as a place you want to go for culture and food and live music. Okay, y'all, I'm just interrupting this episode briefly to remind you about the Travel Prey Slay merch. Did you know we had an online shop? Well, if you want to make a statement and slay, then you have to head over to travelprayslaycom shop and check out all our merchandise. We've got hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, accessory bags, and luggage tags, which are my favorite. We've got everything in the online shop you need for your next trip. And whether that's a trip to Paris or just your daily trip to Target, you still wanna make sure that you slay sis. So head over to travelprayslay.com slash shop and pick up some merch today. So another one of my favorite destinations, kind of sticking with the food theme, I will say is San Francisco Bay Area. So San Francisco has a special place to me because it was actually the first place that I did my first ever solo trip. So back then, oh, this was like years ago, but it was probably 2006. Oh my God, y'all, that was so long ago. But I was working at that time for a transportation company and I was in the marketing department And I was going on a trip out there to meet with the sales manager and client. And I just decided I would stay over a few extra days and turn it into like a personal trip. So this is my first experience. Although I had traveled for work alone before, you know, I was either meeting up with somebody once I got there, I had never really stayed over in a city that I didn't know anything about. So I love San Francisco because it was like my first solo trip. So I stayed over an extra like three days, booked a boutique hotel in like the Union, Union Square district in San Francisco. And it was just such a dope experience. So food and wine is another reason why I like San Francisco. So, so much great food in and around San Francisco, including like the Oakland area, like Dublin, Pleasanton area. And on that first trip, I wrote like the trolley. I did all the classic stuff, right? I had never lived and traveled to a city at that point that had like public transportation. So I remember getting on the BART and that was my first time like having like a taking the train experience. Like I said, I did the trolley. I remember one day meeting up with my colleague and his partner. We had went to a play downtown San Francisco. And I just remember like there are so many beautiful like parks and like hills and like scenery, but it was somewhere near the Golden Gate Bridge. We did the play. We ate at this great steakhouse afterwards. But before the play, we literally like found some park, like sat on a hill and just like took in all the scenery and just like had snacks and caught up. Like it's just a lot of that in like the Bay Area period, but particularly San Francisco. I fell in love with just... The architecture and the beauty of the Golden Gate Bridge. Fun fact, I actually have a fear of bridges. If any of y'all listening have ever been in the car with me, you know this. I have anxiety going over bridges to the point to where, you know, before I travel to a city, I'll look at where the bridges are, try to find a different route. Obviously, there have been times where I have not been able to do that and I make it across, but it is a very difficult time for me. So Although I was not thrilled about us driving over the Golden Gate Bridge because of my fear of bridges, and I was so like enamored with the beauty of it. Like once we got out of the car, and once I kind of like stood at the end of it and took pictures. So anyway, it's just like a fact about me. I appreciate the beauty of all the bridges in the area, so long as I'm not in a vehicle like driving on them. But again. San Francisco, another number one reason that you want to go there is because of the proximity to Napa Valley. So, again, Napa Valley wine region speaks for itself, top destination in America. And so, flying into San Francisco, spending a few days there, driving up to Napa Valley makes for like the perfect girls getaway, the perfect romantic getaway. It's also an awesome solo trip as well. Again, it was my first solo trip. So, I would totally recommend it. San Francisco is a beautifully diverse population as well, too. So it's just great to be around people of all different kind of backgrounds, lifestyles, different races. And you can tell the diversity is really embraced in that city. And it's just an overall good experience. So now let me take it overseas. Another one of my favorite travel destinations is Australia specifically Melbourne, Australia. So first time I went to Australia was 2016 with a group of friends. They're kind of part of my travel crew. We've taken a couple of like international and domestic trips together as a crew. It's a co-ed group. And then I went back to Australia in 2018 for work. So I've been to Sydney, Australia twice, but Melbourne, Australia only once. I love Australia period, right? I love the people. I love everything about Australia. I love Sydney, but I really fell in love with Melbourne. So when we went as a group in 2016, that was the first place we went. We spent three days in Melbourne and then we spent, we maybe spent longer than that. That was like a 10 day trip. I can't, my memory is so bad now y'all, but we probably had maybe like half the time there. I think maybe we had like four days in Australia. I'm sorry, four days in Melbourne and then the other four days in Sydney because it takes a whole day to get over there. So I think that's how overall it was like a 10 day trip. Anyway, Melbourne was our first stop and I love it. So Melbourne is a very urban city and you really do feel like you're like in a New York or a Chicago. At this point, when I took this trip, I had been living in Chicago for eight years. And, you know, there was a Chinatown, there was an arts district. We stayed near Chinatown. There was like a farmer's market area. So it really, it felt like you were in any type of, you know, urban American city, like a Chicago, New York, or San Francisco, except clearly you're on the other side of the world. (laughs) But that's what we loved about it. Again, amazing food options and so much culture. So one of the best excursions that we had while we were out there was a day trip to the Yara Valley wine region. So amazing. Like some of the best wines. I still have like two of the wines I brought back. One was like a Shiraz. I had some champagne that I brought back that did not last long. Some Sauvignon Blanc. And so Melbourne is a popular wine country destination. As well. So I would definitely recommend that we went a little further out when we were in Melbourne and we had an experience like with the penguins off the coast. They have a great arts district with museums and, you know, just think like kind of like walking through like a street fair market with different vendors that's in Melbourne. And I just really loved it. Like, I want to go back and, you know, just visit Melbourne again, spend some time in Southern Australia for like a true kind of experience with the wildlife as well. That's popular in like Carnes, Australia. But Melbourne, Australia is actually a city. I said if I ever had to relocate internationally, I would go to Melbourne, Australia. I could totally see myself living there. I loved it. It was a great city. I can't wait to go back. And it was one of my favorite destinations. Again, Sydney has so much to offer, right? Oh my God, the Sydney Harbor, the bridge. Another favorite excursion that we did was sailing through the Sydney Harbor. We did like a four or five hour cruise on like a small, like private yacht. It was amazing. Going to the Sydney Opera House for a show. Oh my God, that had been on my bucket list forever. So, you know, when you think of Australia, you think of Sydney, but Do not discount Melbourne. And I'm so glad that we decided to add that to our trip. And it's one of my favorite destinations. So kind of now let's go towards Europe, Italy. So I went to Italy in 2012 with the same travel group, plus or minus a few people actually that I went to Australia with. And Italy had been on my bucket list as well for a lot of different reasons, food, wine. I think you all see the common theme here. You all know I love me some wine. And so I had wine tasting in the Tuscan countryside on my bucket list for a long time. So I got to do that. So our Italy trip was actually Venice, Rome, and Florence. I fell in love with Florence, that whole region. And so a couple of reasons. Shopping. Florence is actually home to a lot of famous Italian designers, including Gucci, Cavalli, and Ferragamo. And outside of that, you know, just in general, you can walk into any, you know, part of Florence that's not a Gucci or Cavalli and find beautiful leather goods. One of my friends bought this beautiful leather bag, you know, just out of. A shop. So it, it's not necessarily names that we recognize over here, but they're known for their amazing, you know, leather goods. So, so much shopping, so many beautiful items that I brought back there. We actually went to the outlets. And so it's pretty much the only place that you can get those kind of designers at outlet prices is right there in Florence. So we went particularly to the outlet called The Mall. So there are four different outlets in the Florence and Tuscan region. Just Google outlets, Florence, Italy, and all of them will come up. Particularly, we went to The Mall. So we took like a shuttle bus out there from the city because it was like on the outskirts. But they had Gucci, Alexander McQueen, YSL, Prada, Diesel, Ferragamo. I definitely brought back (laughs) a whole Gucci bag and wallet. Y'all, I tried to squeeze my toes into these Gucci shoes because they were so gorgeous. Such a great deal. It wasn't going to work though, (laughs) but it was just a great experience. So, I mean, whenever you go to Italy, save some money aside for some shopping because, you know, it's just an experience you can't get anywhere else and it's the only place where you're really going to be able to get like good deals on those designer brands like period. So save room in your suitcase for wine and save room in your suitcase for shopping. So again, food and wine, like I said, again, the best, you know, wine experience that we had. I think we did wine tastings, if not every day, I feel like it was every other day. Brought back a ton of wine, brought back you know, some champagnes brought back, white wines that I I still have one. I am a person, y'all. And I know I'm, people say, don't save it for a special occasion, but I have kept one of my wines from Italy and one of my wines from Australia. I'm going on over five years now. Don't know what I'm waiting on, but I kind of just like having them there and remembering that experience. But food and wine obviously was amazing. Every day we made it our mission to have gelato. Like every day (laughs) we were in Italy, we were like time for gelato and the museums. So you get an amazing experience going to the museums. We got to see the David of Michelangelo in Florence that's in the Academia Gallery. So museums, food, wine, shopping, the Italian culture, it's just so amazing. So Florence, Italy, top of my list. Cannot wait to get back there and just wanna spend a little more time just in the Florence region the next time I go. So those are my favorite travel destinations. And like I said, just wanted to give you all those options. I know the borders are starting to open late summer, early fall for vaccinated people. So if you want to get to Australia and the Europe for Italy trip, hopefully that will be an option in the next couple of months for you. But if not, definitely make it a 2022 goal. But as far as New Orleans, San Francisco and Cabo you can get there now. So all of those are perfect travel destinations for you this summer or this fall whenever you want to plan your next trip. So as always, I want to hear from you. So let me know where are you planning to go this summer and what are your favorite travel destinations. And until next time, I will talk to you all soon. Bye. Thanks for checking out this episode. If you want to check out the show notes, you can head over to the website, TravelPraySlay.com. I would love to connect on social media. So be sure you are following me on Instagram at Travel Pray and Slay and Facebook at Travel Pray Slay. Again, Instagram is at Travel Pray and Slay. And if you love this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, spotify or your favorite podcast player and be sure to leave a review thanks for listening and you'll hear from me soon